Good afternoon to each and every one of you. I am Tiam Heng, and I welcome you to Grace Baptist Church worship service this afternoon here at CHS. Before we begin, may I invite you to stand up, turn to those on your side, greet one another, and welcome one another to the house of the Lord. It is good to be in the presence of fellow brothers and sisters as we come together for worship. We have been reading from the book of Psalms as a preparation for worship. Today, we shall be reading Psalm 54. Of the God who is our helper, who will save us by his name and rescue us from his enemies and has given us the final triumph in Jesus Christ. Psalm 54. Come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea. For strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. But God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. May the evil plans of my enemy be turned against them. Do as you have promised and put an end to them. I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you have rescued me from my troubles and helped me triumph over my enemies. In this psalm, the background is that David, being pursued by King Saul, was also facing betrayal by those he was hiding among and even those he had rescued from the Philistines. It was a difficult and painful time for him. But yet, David continued to look to God and to trust in God, who leads him, protects him, and preserves him. Let us come to this God in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can come before you as a church family to worship you. We pray that as we do so, Lord, that you will draw our hearts closer to you and draw our hearts closer to one another. Lord, help us to lay aside all distractions, concerns, hurts and pains and lay our eyes on you just as David did in his most difficult times. We pray, O oh Lord, even now that you will lean our ears towards you so that we can hear you speak to us through your servant Oliver today that we can be transformed to be more and more like Jesus. Be with us. Speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The same God of David is the same God that watches over us in our schools and in our work. In Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25, it says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling, 
and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. This is a very common doxology and benediction that we have, but we want to begin uh, this afternoon's service by declaring this to one another, to him who is able to save us and keep us from falling. This Jesus that we sing of, our King, is Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is our God and this is our hope. Christ alone, our hope is found.
of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. As he stands, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me, from life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me in the power of Christ I'll stand let's sing blessed assurance first the brothers blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation Purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Together, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior.
This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. All together, perfect submission. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Please be seated. As a church, we support a work in uh, Kwa, Thailand. We support a missionary couple there, Mac and Nola. So occasionally, we have the privilege and joy of having some of them visit us, some of the young friends, the students, the children who, uh, who Mac and Nola work with. Sometimes they visit us. So I'm very glad to welcome Kuson. Kuson, are you here? Would you like to stand? Well, thanks. Swadi Kap, Kuson. He's here visiting with us. Is uh, brought here by Siu Kim. So after service, please get to know him. But at this time, we also like to acknowledge any guests or visitors who are with us for the first or second time. Are there anyone who's visiting with us seated at the right of the worship hall? Anyone seated on the left of the worship hall? Okay, we, we do have one visitor. We still have, we have Kuson. So all of us can go and work, uh, can welcome him later. Okay. At this point, we'd like to spend some time in prayer spend some time in prayer. There are a couple of things we want to be praying for. The first thing we want to pray for is for our church camp. It's uh, the church retreat is coming up in June. We want to be praying for that. We also want to be praying for the churches around us. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we prayed for uh, Pastor Bobby, who has left us to become the executive director of the Singapore Baptist Convention. And one of the things I, one of the conversations I had with him before he left he said that there are 37 Baptist churches, member churches in the convention. So we want to be praying for the 37 Baptist member churches in the convention. Because as other churches do well, uh, the cause of Christ is advanced in Singapore. So we want to be praying for them as well. Lastly, we also want to be praying for Japan. We want to not be praying only for ourselves and for Singapore. We want to be praying for the world. If you, take, if you know, the last couple, the last couple of days, there has been two major earthquakes in the south of Japan. And the last one, I think it was 7.3 on the Richter scale, quite a major earthquake. So we want to be praying for the people there as well. So let's us spend this time in prayer. Let us pray. Father God, you are a good and gracious God. Lord, we thank you for who you are. You loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. 
so that not only are we forgiven of our sins, we are adopted into your family. We are given new life in this new community together. And we thank you for this. Lord, we give thanks that as a church community, we will have the privilege and joy of participating in the uh, church retreat. Lord, we pray for the participation. I understand there's two-thirds uh, full already based on the targeted numbers. Lord, we pray for uh, participation from the rest of the church, Lord, that this will be a retreat where uh, we, many will go so that they will participate in the life of the church. Lord, we pray for the church retreat team as well. Lord, we pray for the preparation and the plans leading up to the church retreat. We pray that you will superintend over the whole process, that we, they will continue to submit to your lordship and leading as they plan and prepare for the church retreat. Lord, we pray too for the church retreat as the campus go for this church retreat, Lord. We pray that you will be a time whereby we will build one another up, we will encourage one another in the Lord, we continue to spur each other to Christ-likeness. Lord, we continue to pray also for the 37 ba member Baptist churches, um, Baptist churches who are members of the Singapore Baptist Convention here in Singapore. Lord, we pray for the churches, we pray for the leaders, the pastors, we pray that they will continue to be faithful to the word, Lord. So that every week, as they gather as a church, they will continue to faithfully preach your word. And as a church, they will continue to teach and make disciples based on your word, Lord. Lord, we also continue to pray that in all that they do, they will continue to exalt Jesus Christ so that the cause of Christ is advanced here in Singapore. Lord, we continue to pray also for Japan. Lord, we pray for the victims of the earthquake in South Japan. Lord, we pray for your mercy upon them. We pray for your help and your re for help and relief to reach them quickly. Lord, we pray that many, Lord, will be um, uh, cared for, Lord, even as the relief and help reaches out to them. Lord, we pray for the churches in Japan and beyond who are participating in the relief effort, Lord. We pray for the church's weakness, that in this uh, time of tragedy, Lord, we pray that the church will step forward to help, to care, to do what they can, Lord, so that they will be a witness and testimony to the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that even in the midst of all this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ might be proclaimed so that many might come to know Jesus. Lord, we continue to pray for all this. We pray that you will continue to do all this, Lord, for the good of your people and for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. time the children can be dismissed for the children's program. Today in the children's program, the two-year-olds to the T2s will be learning from Acts 2 that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who repent and believe in Jesus. The P3s to P6 will be learning from the Exodus story that God is faithful. He delivered his people from bondage in Egypt. Parents of these children, we strongly encourage you to engage your children during the week and review with them what they have learned in the children's program. Discipleship seminars, do take note that the timing for discipleship seminars will be changed slightly to 5.15. So it will be from now onwards. And uh, today's classes will continue. Lord, how I love your Torah right here in this sanctuary. And this week's lesson is on the book of Numbers. Essentials of Discipleship continues on the first floor library. Dr. Posen will continue to teach his 
meet God midweek, I can't Christian. <laughs> we'll continue to teach the book of Ezekiel chapters 33 to 35 on Tuesday, 19 April, 8 p.m. at Bethesda Church, Bukit Arang. Do take note, there has been some uh, thing about this car parking. Some cars are still being parked indiscriminately, blocking the shuttle bus passage way because the bus is big and it needs the space to, to get through. So all car drivers, to hear, to, to, uh, when, you, when you come for service, please register your car number with the church, those who have not, as soon as possible. And this is to facilitate tracing of your car in such situation. But please do not park your cars in non-allotted lots, all right? And uh, the parking outside of the church uh, is actually quite ample. And if really there's no space, uh, please do so in the parking areas outside. There is a gathering for uh, couples married for 10 years and less. This is a fun brunch. And it is a time for these couples to come and share, learn and encourage one another. So do take note, 7th of May, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, brunch will be provided. An offering will be collected for church rebuilding. Babysitting and childcare is available. Wow. So the, the, the Lord has blessed us with a lot of uh, quite some young couples who have, been, uh, who have got married recently and we thank God for it. We, uh, for more information, please look at the bulletin. And uh, also, uh, yeah, quite related to this, baby dedication service. It comes along. All right. There will be a baby ded dedication service on Monday, 15, uh, 15 of May. So please, uh, babies, bring your parents to the church office to uh, sign up. Okay, make a reservation with the church office if you wish for your baby to be dedicated. Also take note, there's another uh, new thing. Monthly prayer meeting will be held as on a trial basis at the Baptist Center this month. So on 29th April, 8 p.m., we will be having our, our monthly prayer meeting at the Baptist Center. Uh, look at the look at that map insert in your bulletin. And uh, also a reminder again, church retreat 2016. Want to encourage members to sign up. Registration continues today, but will end today as well. So please go go to the counter and sign sign yourself up for the church retreat. Don't miss this opportunity. Also take note that there are three interesting talks coming up in in a later part of April and early May. Look, look into your bulletin for the information and uh, yeah, you can sign up on your own uh, accordingly. Right now, the ushers will wait on us for the tithes and offering. The red bag is for the regular offering, the green bag for the rebuilding fund. This week's offertory uh, really ministered to me um, also because in preparation uh, for today's sermon, uh, we'll be talking about a spirit-filled uh, community uh, along with the care group material uh, which reminds us to be a humble community as well. Um, we get consumed by the demands and the pace of uh, work and school life. Uh, but this song, uh, which is actually called The Workers' Hymn, 
um, is something that we want to introduce to the church and hopefully we can learn it in the month ahead um, where we dedicate uh, our lives and our work uh, actually to be consecrated for the Lord and I hope that um, this will encourage you in the week ahead as well. stones of pride and greed till your ways are dwelling deep in me and a harvest of life is growing before you the work of our hands and order our steps to seek first your kingdom in every small and great task. May we live the gospel of your grace, serve your purpose in our fleeting days, then our lives will bring eternal praise and all glory to your great name and all glory to your great name let us rise and go back so Father, 
reading from Isaiah 5, verses 11 to 13. Let's read together. Woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after their drinks, who stay up late at night till they are inflamed with wine. They have harps and lyres at their banquets, pipes and timbrels and wine. But they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord, no respect for the work of his hands. For my people will go into exile for lack of understanding. Those of high rank will die of hunger, and the common people will be parched with thirst. This Old Testament passage reminds us not to be swept away by anything from the hunger and thirst after Christ. For example, the song that we sang just now, it points us to being open-handed with our work and not let it become an idol. And later, we will see Pastor Oli bringing us through a parallel of this passage in the New Testament. As for now, let us hunger and thirst after Christ.
Think of butterflies in my stomach. I think God's way of uh, compassion. But uh, let me uh, take a deep, uh, deep breath and pause for a second. First of all, I want to welcome the mic uh, today. Elway, let's say not too deep. Come on, come on. Good day, come on. Let's say Mr. Wong. better. Well, let's get started then. Welcome friends to Grace Baptist Church as we worship at our temporary venue here at the Chapel of the Holy Spirit. And to my beloved family and friends in Christ here at Grace Baptist Church, a good afternoon and welcome. Pastor Arnold is not here with us today. He's on a much-needed holiday break. Uh, please remember him and Effie in your prayers as they travel to Japan. Uh, relax, they're going to North Japan, not South Japan. So they should be fine. But still keep them in your prayers. So you're going to have me to fill the pulpit for the next few Sundays. So I appreciate your prayers as I do my best. As I mentioned, I still need it. I still get nervous. But in the same attitude of prayer, let's prepare our hearts to listen to God speak to us through His Word as we continue in our one another's series of messages. Shall we pray? Let us pray. Father God, as we come to Your Word, we ask that you make your word live to us. Show us yourself, show us ourselves and our desperate need for our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and make your word live to us. So that by hearing and taking in your word, we will be renewed and changed by your Holy Spirit to be like your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray too for myself to, that today I may exalt Jesus Christ in the preaching of your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who loves us and gave himself for us. Amen. Okay, works. You know, in my talk with many people who are tired and disappointed with the church, the topic of what mark or characterize churches often come up. These believers, sometimes believers or otherwise, they often say that the church seems no different from the surrounding Singapore culture. And that is the main reason for which they left the church. And by these, they mean the negative values and characteristics. Of course, there are some cultural values in Singapore that are worth affirming and adopting, where they are in line with the Bible. But churches in Singapore, we are often more influenced by the spirit of the surrounding culture rather than filled with the spirit of Christ. As a result, the church seemed marked by the characteristics of the world rather than that of a spirit-filled community. In our Singapore context, what it means then is that what marks our church is often a focus on self, a complaining spirit, and a lauding over others or a refusal to submit. In Singapore, we often see churches marked by the attitude of selfishness rather than a focus on others or on God. We see churches that are many times characterized by a complaining spirit rather than that of thanksgiving. Or churches often succumbing to the temptation of lauding it over one another. The members uh, succumbing to lauding it over one another or refusal to submit rather than being a community marked 
by mutual submission. Does this characterize Grace Baptist Church? As a community, what are we marked by? What should we do to be the church that reflects God's values rather than the cultural values? And we see Paul speaking to this very question in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. We see Paul telling us there, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What do we see here? We see Paul. Paul exalts the Ephesian church to be filled with the Spirit, which results in lives of worship, thanksgiving, and submission to one another. Grace Baptist Church. We are to keep on being filled with the Spirit so that we will display the marks of a Spirit-filled community. However, before I jump into today's four verses, let us understand the background, the context, and the flow of Paul's letters to the Ephesians to this point. I love the letter to the Ephesians because if you look and read the letter to the Ephesians, it's full of gospel from start to finish. The first half of the book is almost entirely, the first half of the book is almost nothing but gospel explanation, gospel explanation, while the second half is almost entirely gospel application. So the first three chapters explains the gospel, the second three chapters explains how to apply the gospel. The first three chapters tells us what God in His glorious grace has done for us in Christ Jesus. And the last three chapters tells us then what we are to do in response to God's wonderful grace. The good news of the first half tells us of the blessings we have in Jesus Christ. I'm just going to run through a few of them. Listen and just be amazed. We were chosen in Him, Ephesians 1.4. We were adopted in Him, Ephesians 1.5. We have redemption in Him, Ephesians 1.7. We have our inheritance in Him, Ephesians 1.11. In Him, we who were dead in trespasses have been made alive, Ephesians 2.4-5. In Him, in Christ, we are all together as a church, built into a dwelling place for God, Ephesians 2.22. The list of blessings go on and on. And is this very good news that is listed for us and told to us in Ephesians, the first three chapters, that makes it possible and natural and desirable for us, the good commands of chapters 4 to 6. Especially from Ephesians chapter 4, 17 onwards, we as a church, we are called to live according to our new selves in Christ. We are to live in stark contrast to the ways of the world. We are to walk in love and walk as children of light, as opposed to taking part in the works of darkness that marks the world. And in the verses before today's passage, in Ephesians chapter 5, 
verse 15 to 17, Paul continues to strongly encourage the church using two contrasts, to walk wisely rather than to be unwise and to know the will of the Lord rather than to be foolish. And then finally, in today's passage, Paul gives the third contrast in verse 18 and tells us to live wisely, to live in a way that knows the will of God is to be filled with the Spirit. I'm sure you have friends who were drunk on alcohol. Do you remember how they behaved? Now, some of them probably were loud and boisterous. Of course, there were those on the other extreme, they were very quiet and sullen. They will behave in ways unlike their usual selves. But many times, they will make a fool of themselves. And when they get sober, when they were sober and asked what had happened to them, many will get a little bit embarrassed and some of them will say, I did not know what got into me. I wasn't in full control. You see, when they were drunk, they weren't in control. Rather, it's the alcohol in them that seemed to be in control of them. And we see Paul speaking about wine and alcohol and what controls you in verses, verse 18. We see in verse 18, Paul's primary concern is to urge his listeners to live by the Spirit continually. They were to be controlled by the Spirit rather than alcohol. We, word, we read in verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul continues his strong encouragement, his strong encouragement with another contrast. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, some Bible teachers have said, Paul here was speaking against the supposed drunkenness of Christians at the celebration of the Lord's table, very similar to the situation in Corinth. Others have said that Paul was speaking against the pagan mystery cult celebrations. And these were the celebrations which some Gentile Christians may have previously participated in. And these cult celebrations involved heavy drinking of wine, getting intoxicated, and getting involved and messing around sexually. While these explanations may be possible based on the historical background, if you look at the text of the letter to Ephesians, there is no clear evidence there. But rather what is clear, what is really clear, clear is that from Ephesians 4.17 onwards, Paul draws a sharp contrast between behaviour which characterises the unbelieving world and that which marks God's people. In Ephesians 4, 17-24, the pagan lifestyle of the world is painted in stark, dark colours. And the listeners are then urged not to go back to these old ways. Instead, as men and women who have learned Christ, verse 20, they are to live according to their new self in Christ. And we see this contrast between the two ways they continue into today's passage. The Ephesian church was urged, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? Drunkenness leads to debauchery. For those who are drunk often give way to reckless deeds and will indulge in their sexual pleasures. And drunkenness lie at the centre 
of the destructive and unacceptable lifestyle that belongs to the believer's past. And this, this was not consistent with the identity as the new people of God. Rather than get drunk with wine, the Ephesian Christians were urged to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. Notice what Paul says here. The verb is passive, be filled, indicating that the Holy Spirit of God is acting on the believers, acting on the, on the listeners. And the command is not single, it's actually plural. It's addressed to the church, addressed to the church community. And the sense here is not one time, but continuous. So what exactly is Paul saying? Paul is exalting, is encouraging the church at Ephesus that they, as a church community, they are to keep on being filled with the Spirit. And this is something which many of us have questions. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? When you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. And now you are to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So the question is, what does being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit actually means? And this is where Bible scholar and teacher Peter O'Brien is helpful here. He writes this. He writes that the means of the filling is by the Holy Spirit of God. But the content, the substance of what you are filled with is not specifically mentioned. And what is the content we are to be filled with? I know there are a number of views on this. And some people I either draw from other passages in Scripture or some of them will actually give some views and, you know, there are many teachers with different views on that. But I believe the best way to understand this is to see how this language of fullness is actually used in the letter to the Ephesians. If we want to understand Paul uh, and what Paul means when he used the word fullness, we have to see how is it being used in the letter to the Ephesians. And this will help us understand what the fullness is here in Ephesians 5.18. So if you have Bibles, can you flip with me? According to Ephesians 1.23, the church as Christ's body is already, is already, already, the church as Christ's body already shares in its fullness. In Paul's prayer to the Ephesians in 319, uh, Ephesians 3.19, which introduces the second half of Ephesians, Paul's prayer is the Christians be filled to all the fullness of God. A reference here, not simply to the Father, but to the triumph God, who is the content of this fullness. Flip with me to Ephesians 4.10. The ascended Christ is the agent which fills all things, and he does this by giving ministers to his people. Ephesians 4.11. And the final goal to which the church of Christ is moving towards is mature manhood. And this is defined in terms of fullness of Christ in Ephesians 4.13. So you see, my friends, in the light of this earlier uses of the fullness language, then what we see here is the content with which believers have been or are being filled is the fullness of the triumph God or the fullness of Christ. When we are being filled with the Spirit, we are to be subject to the Spirit's control, which as Paul writes in Colossians 3.16, is the same as letting Christ's word rule in our lives. And this is so that we may walk wisely and understand more fully 
the Lord's will. So what it means for us is that the goal is for us to attain is in principle what we really have in Christ, fullness and spiritual maturity. You are to keep on being filled with the Spirit and keep on growing towards spiritual maturity in Christ. What this means is that being filled with the Spirit is equivalent to, the, to us keep on growing to be more like Jesus Christ. Church, you are to grow towards Christ-likeness. Are you keeping on being filled with the Spirit? Are you growing towards Christ-likeness? Do you desire this growth? My friends, we are to grow towards Christ-likeness, both as individuals and as a church. The playwright president of the Czech Republic, Vettel Haver, President Haver, was one, once asked why the Velvet Revolution against the communists in the former Czechoslovakia was successfully non-violent. You need to understand this. In the revolution, in the rebellion against the communists, many countries, there was a lot of bloodshed. But in the former Czechoslovakia, it was successfully non-violent. And President Havel answered somewhat like this. We had our parallel society. And in that parallel society, we wrote our plays, we sang our songs, and we read our poems. Until we knew the truth so well that we could not that we could go out to the streets of Prague and say, we don't believe in your lies anymore. And communism had to fall. Their parallel society was marked by plays, songs and poems that spoke of truth, exposed the lies of communism in Czechoslovakia. And this is what Paul goes on to say in verses 19 to 21. The church, as a new community of the people of God, will display the marks of a spirit-filled community in contrast to the lies of the surrounding world. We read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. If we carefully look at what Paul writes here, we see five verbs here. Five verbs here, they are underlined on the slide in front of you. Five participle verbs, addressing, singing, making melody, giving thanks, and submitting. These words describe the results of a community that are being filled with the Spirit. So if your community that is being filled with the Spirit, you'll be marked by these five verbs. If drunkenness leads to bad behavior, then Spirit-filled Christians, Spirit-filled Christians whose lives are characterized by singing, thanksgiving, and submission presents a very different picture to the world. There are four marks that characterize such a community. The first mark is addressing one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. What we see here is worship, is worship with an emphasis on the horizontal and corporate dimension. It talks about believers like you and I addressing one another. 
This is likely to occur in our formal worship occasion when the church gathers together, but also maybe on other occasions where we gather together in informal groups. And we are to, and as a church, we will, do, we will sing spirit-inspired psalms, hymns, and songs. And if this sounds familiar, we already covered this in Colossians 3.16 a couple of weeks ago. There we see members of the Colossian church, they are to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns. And we see in Paul's instructions to the Ephesians today, the sense appears to be the same. Paul has in view mutual instruction, mutual teaching, mutual edification and encouragement. And this takes place with a range and diversity of songs prompted by the Spirit. In praising God, we consciously should be directing our worship to the building up of one another. One of the marks of a Spirit-filled community is that you build one another up in corporate worship. You build one another up in corporate worship. The second mark is singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The focus here is on singing and making melody with one whole, one's whole being, one entire being to the Lord Jesus. The heart here signifies the whole of your inner be being. The entire person should be filled with songs of praise, thereby expressing the reality of a new life in the Spirit. I mean, think about it. There are times where you're so joyous, so happy, and you're filled with songs from the inside out. And this reflects the, the new reality that you have. You are to praise Christ during our times of corporate worship. And what we see here in verse 19 is corporate worship, is worship together as a church with two slightly different focus. The first focus, according to verse 19a, believers are to speak in psalms, hymns, and songs to who? To one another. We are to remind each other of what God has done in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to remind each other of the gospel. And the purpose of this singing, so when we come together to sing songs before we actually have the message, the purpose of this singing, it has a horizontal and corporate focus to it. To it. The second focus in verses 19b, second half of verse 19, the singing and making of music, they are directed towards the Lord Jesus. This activity, this worship that we have, has both has a vertical focus and a personal dimension. For believers, praise the Lord Jesus with their whole being. It is in and through singing and making music by which other members of the body are instructed and built up that praise is offered to the Lord Jesus. What it means, my friends, is that when we come, when we sing together in worship as a church, it has two purpose and function, twofold function and purpose. One, to instruct and build up one another. Two, to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, when you and I come for worship on Sunday, guess what? It's not simply for ourselves. It's for others and for Christ. This is a contrast to the focus on self that is common and prevalent in our Singapore culture. We come not simply to be blessed when we gather as a church, but we come to bless others and to praise Christ. Building up one another and praising Christ is a contrast to a focus on self that is so common in Singapore culture. So as a church community, let us be marked by worship 
that builds up one another and which praises Jesus Christ. The third mark, the third mark is giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, as a spirit-filled community, we are to thank God always and for everything. Look at the verse carefully. How frequent are we to give thanks? Always. We are to give thanks regularly and constantly. And what are we to give thanks for? What we give thanks for? What does it say in the verse? For everything. In both good times and bad times. In times of joy and in times of trials and suffering. We are to give thanks. As a church, we are to be marked by thanksgiving and gratitude to God for His infinite grace to us in Jesus Christ. You see, Christians filled by the Holy Spirit give thanks to God the Father on the basis of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us, for His death and resurrection. We are to offer regular thanksgiving to God the Father in, the, in Jesus' name for the riches that has already been lavished upon us. I will not cover this in greater depth. As Thanksgiving was talked about in my last sermon in Colossians, and Brother Wenpin has talked a great length about this in his uh, sermon, Thanks Living, from Psalm 136. But I do want us to, to do this. I want to urge you not to only say and recognize that we need to be giving thanks to God, but to live it out in our lives. As the evangelist and preacher George Whitfield once said, Oh, let us rejoice in you evermore and help us show forth our thankfulness, not only with our lips, but in our lives. Thanksgiving is a contrast to the spirit of complaining that is common in Singapore culture. As a church community, let us be marked by thanksgiving to God. The last mark of a spirit-filled community is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Church, we are to submit to one another, motivated by the fear of Christ. Submitting to one another is probably the sharpest contrast to the Singapore culture, where the tendency is for those in authority lauding it over others, or those under authority complaining and working against those in authority over them. But what does it mean to submit to one another? I mean, this, this almost seems like a difficult word to say, you know, submitting to one another. What does it mean to submit to one another? Does it mean that we behave like a doormat and have everyone just walk all over us? You know, whenever someone tells us something, we say, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Or does it mean we run church on a purely democratic system where we mutually, all mutually submit to one another and everyone has their equal say? Does it mean that? This is where I borrow a lot from New Testament scholar Peter O'Brien. He's really helpful here. What it means is that believers whose lives has been marked by God's Spirit will be marked by submission, marked by submission within God divinely ordered relationships. Okay, it's marked by submission 
within the relationships that God has divinely ordered in our lives. What does it mean? What does this mean? How, how do we get to this, this conclusion? The key verb submitting used here is literally means to arrange under. In the New Testament, when it's used, it's regularly used to describe the submission of someone in an ordered array to another person who is above the first in some way. For example, it's often used in describing the submission of soldiers in an army to those of superior rank. Those of superior rank. And this term appears some 23 times in the letters by Paul and often has to do with order. In the 40 or so New Testament occurrence, this verb carries an overtone of authority and subjection or submission to it. In addition, the phrase one another when used in the New Testament is not always fully reciprocal. It doesn't mean mutual, uh, fully neutral all the time. And if we look at the text carefully, we look at the context of the flow of Paul's arguments. In verse 21, being submissive to one another in your fear of Christ generally introduces the idea of submission. And if we look at the verses that follow, what do we see there? It's developed in the context of household relationships in Ephesians 5.22 to 6.9. What submitting to one another means then is described and further elaborated in this household relationships, in these subsequent verses. And what is emphasized here is its ordered array in society. In short, Paul is not speaking of full mutual submission here. He's not talking in the sense that everyone submitting to everyone else here. But submission in an ordered uh, array, in an orderly manner in, with, to those who are in authority over us. And what does this mean for us? Submitting to one another is a significant outworking of being filled by the Spirit. It is a mark of a Spirit-filled community. I mean, when I was much younger, I did have issues submitting to authorities ordered by God in my life. And one of the things I had to wrestle with is to understand that God has divinely ordered some relationships in our life. And I have to submit to my parents, I have to submit to my leaders in my life. And that is the mark of being controlled by the Spirit. That's the mark of growing towards maturity. So what does it mean for us in our relationships in the church? Our church relationships should be characterized by self-sacrificial love and humble service to one another. For this is the example that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ has set for us in Mark 10.45. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. But what it means also is this submission is to take place within, under the context of divinely ordered relationships. Husband and wives, parents of children, slaves and masters, and church members and leaders. Submission is a contrast to a spirit of lording it over or refusing to submit to those in authority that is common in Singapore's culture. So as a church community, let us be marked by submission to one another. All these hallmarks result from being filled with the Spirit. Remember that the Holy Spirit is God's gracious gift to us. When we trusted in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us. These marks result from an outflowing, an outworking 
of the Spirit filling us believers. Spirit-filled Christians are people whose lives are characterized by singing, by thanksgiving, and by mutual submission. Is Grace Baptist Church characterized by these marks? Are we, as a church, controlled by the Holy Spirit? So what? What now? Christians are to let the Holy Spirit change us more and more into the image of Christ. And this results in a community marked by worship, thanksgiving, and submission to one another. Or as commentator Paul Gardner, the quote I've given you in your bulletin, writes, Our goals as individuals and supremely as the church, the body of Christ, is fully to reflect the image of God. And as we come to know and experience the wonder of Christ's love at work deep within us, and we get to know this when we understand the gospel, so we will go on and on being filled with the Spirit. So as Christians being filled with the Spirit, we grow. Remember Paul's encouragement in Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13? We are called to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Christians being grow as God, the Holy Spirit, works in And I commend an article in today's Grace News. I think uh, one of our brothers also wrote about Christians, how we are to grow as Christians. So as you leave, please pick up a copy of Grace News. But more practically for us, as we grow, what are two areas that as a church, we can be increasingly marked by? The first area is when we come together on Sunday to worship. Are we growing together as a community that builds one another up and praises Christ? when we gather on Sunday. When we gather on Sunday, do you come in just to get your weekly God fix? I know some of us do that. Or are you building into the lives of others to help them grow? Are you seeking just to come to be blessed? Or are you praising God? And one practical way to come is to do this. I urge you to come 15 minutes earlier for service and to leave 30 minutes later after service. I know it's a stretch for some of us. I've seen some of us come in, zoop, one minute before service start, and then immediately after service ends, five minutes later, we are gone. Why I urge us as a church is to come early, 15 minutes earlier, just 15 minutes, leave 30 minutes later after service. And I'm not asking you just to come and do this slavishly, but when we do this, we have the extra time. Spend the time encouraging one another. Spend the time praying for one another. Spend the time speaking God's word into one another's life. We all tend toward forgetfulness. We will forget God's word, we'll forget the gospel. So spend this time reminding one another before and after service. This is all part of disciple making, church. And when we sing during a worship time, think intentionally on the words and praise Christ. Don't just simply go through the motion of singing the songs. You know, for some of us, we are so used to it. As Baptists, we have order in our worship. So we have three or four songs here. We have the collection of tithes and offering, one more song to prepare, and a song of response. It may seem almost mechanical. Don't do that. Be intentional about the words we are singing. Praise Christ 
sing intentionally, knowing that by doing so, as we sing, we are encouraging and building up others around us. The second area for us is in the area of submission. Are we growing as a community that submits to one another for each other's good? I speak to the leaders in our midst, myself included, in whatever leadership roles you are in. You could be the pastors, the elders, the deacons, the care group leaders, ministry leaders. Do you seek to love and serve others? I speak to members in our midst. Do you submit to your leaders regardless of whether you think they deserve it or not? For we submit to one another out of reverence and of fear for Christ. For not only we respect Christ because of all He has done for us, but we know He will come again to judge our every thoughts and deeds. So in conclusion, you are to let the Holy Spirit change you more and more into the image of Christ. And this results in a community here at Grace Baptist Church marked by worship, thanksgiving and submission to one another. If you desire this, can you imagine what will happen if this marks our church? God loves you so much that He will accept you as you are. But He will not leave you as you are you will grow to become like His Son, Jesus Christ, as His Holy Spirit works in you. For this is God's gracious gift of the Holy Spirit to you when you trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation. You will grow increasingly to be like His Son, Jesus Christ. And our community here at Grace Baptist Church will increasingly be marked by these marks of a Spirit-filled community. Before we end, let's spend the next three to five minutes in prayer as a church community, to pray God's word into one another's life. It's one thing to hear God's word, but in order for the Spirit to work in us, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to use God's word to work His way in our lives. So please use the following two questions as a guide for our prayers. Do you desire to grow more and more to be like Jesus Christ? Ask that God continue to increase your desire to change and to empower you to change. The second point, pray that Grace Baptist Church will be increasingly marked by worship thanksgiving and submission to one another. Take this time, either you pray individually or in pairs, you can turn to your neighbours, pray in pairs, and I'll close us in three to five minutes. Take this time to pray.
Jesus prayed. Father God, we praise you for your grace in giving us your son, Jesus Christ, to rescue and redeem us from our lives of sins. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who, when we trusted in Jesus Christ, indwells us and continues to transform us to be increasingly like your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that as a church, you will shape us to be a community marked by worship, thanksgiving and submission and service to one another. So that as a church, we will more and more picture the gospel and love of Jesus Christ to a watching world. We pray this for your glory and in Jesus' name. Let's rise for the song of response as we sing together, Holy Spirit, living breath. God has 
GBC have the face of Christ that is clear for all the world to see. Let us bow for the benediction. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The service is over. Please be seated for a time of meditation.